you'll find God's promise that he would be true to deliver from the biggest enemies, not Assyria. Assyria's gone. Assyria's blown into the dust. The enemies that we're talking about now are sin and death. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 says, A wise man is strong and a man of knowledge increases power. For by wise guidance you will wage war. And in the abundance of counselors there is safety or victory. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6. If you're at a crossroads moment in your life, maybe you're at a Christmas crossroads in your life, to put it that way, and you don't know what to do, make sure you're getting some godly counsel. And how do you know if the counsel is godly? See if it leads you back to God and His Word. It's not too hard to figure out. If someone is giving you counsel that is opposite God, opposite God's Word, run, stage left, Exit as fast as you can. Because people will tell you things that really, in the end, will not profit you in the big picture. Be careful who you get counsel from. And so he's told, hey, calm down. These guys are nothing. They may look like mighty trees, but they're smoldering firebrands plucked from the fire. Because Aram, verse 5, with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you. God even knows what people say in back rooms. They say, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabil. He's a good for nothing. Literally, that's what his name means. He's a puppet king. They want to supplant Ahaz and put their own king in there. Can you imagine being Ahaz and hearing that? They want to kick me out and replace me. Some of you have heard talk in your company. Sometimes you hear, you know, uh, all of a sudden, there's, there's these storm winds blowing. Oh, they're letting a bunch of people go. They want to replace us. It's hard when you hear storm winds like that. And so here's Ahaz. And God says, look, I know what they're saying. I know they want to put a puppet king in your place to control. But thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Can you imagine being Ahaz? You're checking out the water supply. The whole nation is reeling. Forces deployed in the north. They want to supplant you as the king. And God says, I know what they're up to. A prophet comes. And it's not going to happen. Trust me. Now, Ahaz is at a critical fork in the road. And there's a lot of people in our world that came to a fork in the road in their life. Will I follow God or follow this? And you know, there's people who have gone both ways. There was a contemporary of Billy Graham who was preaching to crowds of thousands, leading people to the Lord. Billy Graham went to the right and continued to follow God and millions of people got saved And this other gentleman went to the left and ended up writing books against the God of the Bible. Although he had been used by God to preach the gospel to thousands of people, he went left and Billy Graham went right. Both now are gone from this planet. 
Let me ask you, who made the wiser decision? It's not hard to figure out, is it? See, sometimes in a temporal moment of time, we think, well, maybe, maybe I'll go left because left seems, you know, less difficult and, and maybe it makes more sense to me in this moment to go this way. Well, that's where Ahaz is. He's literally at a fork in the road and God's saying, just trust me. What they're planning is not going to happen. There's a plan stronger than theirs. And so the head of Aram is Damascus, the capital of Syria. The head of Damascus is Rezin. Now here's what God says through the prophet. Now within 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered, the northern kingdom, so that it is no longer a people. Get this. In 65 years, about 670 B.C., exactly as the prophet prophesied, Israel's population was effaced from history. Foreign colonists were settled in Israel by the Assyrian kings. The intermarriage with a few Israelites who had not been deported by Assyria resulted in the Samaritans and marked the end of Ephraim as a separate nation. This prophecy was fulfilled to a T. And some of you are familiar with the term Samaritans because that's the conflict at the time of Jesus that the Jews hate the Samaritans. Why? Some of you have heard. Because they intermixed, they intermingled with who? People in the north. Assyria had settled people there and Israelites married them and that produced the Samaritans and more conflict. Exactly what God said would happen, happened. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. This is verse 9. And then these words. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. The you is plural here. If you will not believe, you will not be established new King James. Here's a word play. It's based on the word amen in Hebrew. Here's what it means. Believe and established are a play on the Hebrew, same Hebrew word from which we get our word amen. In the Hebrew picture language, amen means so be it, but it also in the picture is the life of a mother. Always there, always faithful. It's something like this. You could translate this language as hold God in doubt and you will not hold out. Or literally, if you do not firm up, you will not be confirmed, or the NIV has it, if you do not stand firm, Ahaz, in your faith, you will not stand at all. Ahaz, believe. Do you see how belief is much more than just some intellectual agreement? Okay, I believe. No, it's Ahaz, I want you to trust me right now in the most difficult moment of your life where enemies are coming from everywhere. I want you to trust me. Isn't that the hardest time to trust God? <laughs> I got plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan D, E, F, G. And then if those don't work, gulp, I think maybe I'll pray. That's us, folks. That's us using God as a last resort instead of our first go-to. God's like, hello, 
You're a Christian, right? Yeah, but hold on a minute. I'm trying to figure things out down here. <laughs> really? Really? If you won't trust me now, you're not going to stand at all. For we live by faith and not by sight. That's our problem, right? I want to see things. I want to figure them out. I need a schematic. I need a bullet point list. I need a sign. Oh, we're coming to that. But that's where Ahaz is. See, if we'll lean on God, we'll stand. But if we treat God as irrelevant, we will become irrelevant. See, faith, and I think we all have heard this before, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Ahaz has to believe God for a victory that he hasn't realized. He has to trust God for it. And we say things like this, I don't understand, I, I don't know. But faith has a future certitude. It is faith that takes hold of eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Faith is the, the handle by which we grab the promises of God and hold on to them and believe that God's holding on to us. And so the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. The prophet kind of moves into the background and he says, ask a sign. He knows how Ahaz is. He knows that Ahaz probably won't trust the word given by the prophet. So God says, okay, ask for a sign. Sometimes in, in Christian circles, we, we we're a little nervous about that. We, we've read Gideon's story and we say, should I put the fleece out? Lord, do you want me to go through door A or door B? I'm gonna fleece it. What does that mean to fleece it? Does it mean a soft, cuddly blanket that you buy at the market? No, here's what it means. It means that you're gonna ask God for confirmation. And I know we need to be careful with that, but get this, God is saying to Ahaz, ask me for a sign. Okay, you're not sure. You don't know if you can trust me. Ask me for a sign. Can you imagine that? God says to you, most of the time it's us saying, Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign. This time the Lord's saying, ask me for a sign. <laughs> what? I'm always the one asking. Yeah, ask me. I want to give you a sign. God says, hey, Ahaz, ask from the Lord your God, Make the sign as deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. You got a blank check, Ahaz. Just tell me what you want and I'll give you a sign. How many of you would go, oh, think about that one for a second. What would you ask for? All right. A lot of people walk in the planet. I, I need a sign to believe. Okay. Wh what do you want? Oh, if God could just open up the heavens and say, hello, I'm here. Do you know? God did. He opened up the heavens and came down to us. He's already done it in the person of Jesus Christ. The, the God-man who has dated the calendar of the world. People can't stop talking about him. Even the skeptics write their articles. Jesus, man or myth. Jesus, this or that. Oh, it comes out during Christmas season and Easter. You've all read the articles. They can't stop talking about him. And even the skeptics say, there was never a man like him. He's a great moral teacher, a great example. Of course, they ignore his very exclusive claims to be the singular way.
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Is it proper for Christians to celebrate Christmas? The Christmas season can appear to be a conflict of messages, images, and sentiments. The Origins of Christmas DVD will address frequently asked questions such as, do we know Jesus' actual birth date? Did the early church celebrate the birthday of Jesus? Did Christians really steal Christmas from a pagan holiday? The Origins of Christmas DVD wraps up with a practical answer to one final question. Is it proper for Christians today to celebrate Christmas? And if so, how? Get your copy of the Origins of Christmas DVD today when you visit walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Of course, they ignore his very exclusive claims to be the singular way to be right with the Father. A blank check comes to Ahaz. Ahaz is told, ask for the sign. Cash the check. But Ahaz responds, 12, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Doesn't that sound spiritual? Wow, what a spiritual God. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Wait, wait a minute. God just said, ask me for a sign and I'll give you a sign. I want you to ask me. No, I won't. Ask me. No, ask me. No. <laughs> what? That sounds spiritual until you really see it for what it is. He's trying to sound religious, but he's actually defying God. How many people? I don't want to pray and bother God. He's busy. He's running the universe. And... You know, we know, right? Sometimes it sounds noble until you really peel it back. What, what you won't ask God when he's asking you to ask him? No, I'm not going to do it. But Ahaz, God just told you to ask him. And so here's the response. Isaiah said, speaking for the Lord, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? It's one thing to do it to people. But when God says, ask me for a sign, and you say no, now you're testing the patience of God. But God says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, you won't ask Ahaz. I'll give you one anyway. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Some people refuse to ask God for help in the ultimate sense. From the ultimate enemies that have been deployed against them, the enemies of sin, death, we could add Satan to that. They've looked everywhere else. They've heard the message time and time again. God says, ask me. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And people say, no, I won't ask. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm gonna look at my other options. No, I'll put it off until my deathbed. No, I'm not sure I wanna be a Christian and be too serious about this Christian thing. No, I'm not going to ask him. And so they remain in unbelief. Maybe you see yourself surrounded by overwhelming enemies and odds. Maybe that's why you're here listening to this. The invitation is for you. The sign has been provided. In the immediate lifetime, this 
Fulfillment of Emmanuel would come in a child born to Isaiah and his bride. But a second greater fulfillment is another Emmanuel who will deal with the biggest enemies that Israel and this world could ever know. And on that Bethlehem night, an angel said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there in Judah, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Please listen. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Do you know the verses that we've repeated so many times, heard, spoken so many times, this will be a sign for you is probably rooted in Isaiah 7. You will find Emmanuel wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You'll find God's promise that he would be true to deliver from the biggest enemies, not Assyria. Assyria's gone. Assyria's blown into the dust. The enemies that we're talking about now are sin and death. The prophecy couldn't be more specific. A virgin who's never known a man will bear the Messiah. How does the prediction of a virgin birth and a Messiah fit the scene? Isaiah was telling the wicked king that no one would destroy the people of God or the royal line of David. The Lord will give you a sign is a plural you. It indicates that it's to the entire nation, but more than that, it's to the world. But here's the question. If God is for us, we still have an option. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. It's possible for God to deliver the sign, to provide his end of the deal, if you will, but we still have to jump on board. Check this out. This is Isaiah 8. Look at verse 13. It is the Lord of hosts, Isaiah 8, 13, whom you should regard as holy. He shall be your fear. He shall be your dread, 8, 14. Then he shall become what? A sanctuary. But to both the houses of Israel, a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You see, if you will trust the Lord, if you will fear Him, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, if you will allow Him to be treated as holy, then, 14, He will become what? He will become a sanctuary. But if you won't trust Him, then He won't be your sanctuary. And as positive and encouraging and hopeful as Emmanuel is, there's a flip side. He is with us. But the question is, are we with him? And the good news is that he's so patient. You see, Emmanuel has come. He is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Once you turn all the way to Matthew, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. I want to show you... Uh, how Matthew refers to this great prophecy in a classic Christmas text, Matthew 1. And we'll finish up with this and just maybe kind of 
meditating on God's word with these angles in the book of Isaiah. Here's Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1, 19. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, or Jesus. It literally means, his name means, Yahweh is salvation. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. See, he will defeat the biggest enemy of all. Now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, everybody can write there, Isaiah, might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means, God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her, Mary, as his wife and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you've already fulfilled your word, you gave the sign. You made the promise and about 2,000 years ago, the fulfillment came on a Bethlehem night announced to Mary and Joseph and then the shepherds and others. Behold, in the city of David, there's been born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. You gave the sign of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. There was no room for him in the inn. But Lord, the question I think that we've been asking is, is there room in our hearts for him? Lord, so many things can crowd out the truth of who you are. The hustle and bustle, the pains, the difficulties, the, the questions that we have hovering over our souls but thank you that you've said, ask me and I'll give you the sign. And the sign came, Jesus came. He is the sign that God loves us. He's not against us, he's for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Keep your head and heart bowed. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if maybe you're at a point where, maybe you're at a crossroads and you weren't sure which way you were gonna go, but you know you need to dedicate or even rededicate your trust to the Lord. Maybe storm winds have been blowing. Maybe forces have been deployed. And you have to decide, who will I trust? Where will I turn? Well, trust Jesus because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will give you what you need, not always what you want, but what you need. Would you trust him? That's really the question. Would you not be like Ahaz, but be more like Isaiah and just say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. I don't get everything, but you've given the sign and you've told me what to do and I'm gonna confess with my mouth 
that Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And I'm going to believe that that will save me and set my feet on a course of following the true king. So Father, thank you for decisions being made in hearts. Thank you for the sign that you've given us that we remember this Christmas season and we look forward to a second sign that will appear in the heavens, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the second time he comes, it won't be as a baby, but it will be as the God-man, the resurrected king coming to make everything that's wrong in this world right again. And at Christmas, it's a good time to reflect on what's coming to help us persevere through what's difficult. So Father, bless your people. Strengthen them with this hope of Emmanuel. God is with us and for us. We're so grateful. We're so humbled. And we're just wanting to live out that reality, Father, in our families and in our lives. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, may God bless you and your family on this Christmas day. I'm so blessed that we're able to serve you with these studies in the Word of God. If you'd like a copy of this teaching called Emmanuel, please reach out to us at walkintruth.com. Again, a very Merry Christmas to you and yours. Many blessings from the Lord as He has sent His only Son as that great gift. Let's remember, especially on this day, that great gift that's been given to us, the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.